activated virus defenses. Prepare to download. Hello, this is Martin McKay from the Network Security Podcast. And this is Chris John Riley from the Eurotrash Security Podcast. You're listening to the official podcast for the 26th Annual FIRST Conference, the 22nd through the 27th of June 2014 in Boston, Massachusetts. And now we join our interviewing program. This time on the show, we're lucky enough to be talking to Tim Slaybar, a cyber incident analyst at Northrop Grumman. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, thanks so much for taking the time to, to come and chat to us. You're going to be giving a, a talk at the upcoming first conference on Pass the Hash. For people who aren't really familiar with what Pass the Hash is, maybe you can give people a high-level explanation of, of the, the technique. The uh, theory behind Pass the Hash was first proposed in 1997. So actually, it's been around for quite a while. I guess like 17 years now. Basically, the uh, principle behind it is that as opposed to um, capturing a, uh, a user's password, what happens is the tools and the exploit actually captures the hash that is generated whenever the user enters a password into a system. So basically what happens is um, when you log into a uh, computer system, whether it's locally or remotely across the network, your password isn't really transferred across the network. The password is hashed, and then that hash is transferred across the network. And basically how pass the hash works is that the hashes are dumped from the local or from memory on the machine, and the attacker or intruder will use these hashes to gain access to other applications and resources on your network. Now, as you mentioned there, this, this past the hash situation is something that's been going on for quite a long while. It's, it's a part of the underlying Windows structure. Do you see it being used quite a lot in, in attacks? Is that one of the, the staple accesses that are used to gain access or unauthorized access to systems? Absolutely. Actually, I'm, I am working uh, several cases right right now where uh, past the hash was used. It's, you know, it's so common in... Nearly all of the groups that are associated with uh, advanced persistent threat will use this tool. Now, coming at it from a forensics point of view, theoretically, the attackers who are using these these hashes to gain access to systems, they're theoretically logging in as authenticated users. So what kind of forensic analysis can you do or what kind of things can you pick out that will lead you to believe that people have been using this kind of attack? Well, what's unique about uh, most of the tools is that they um, they do leave their own... Um, kind of footstep or, or footprint on the system. Obviously, yeah, if they're logging in as an authenticated user, if you're looking at event logs, it would just look like normal activity. The difference uh, may be, though, the time of day that they're logging in, for example, if they're logging in after hours and that type of thing, which maybe isn't an indication of past the hash so much as an indication of some type of intrusion activity. But a lot of the past the hash tools use their own, uh, have their own dependencies, use their own libraries. And these things are pretty easy to identify from a forensic standpoint. Uh, so these are the things that I focus on and that as an incident responder, you should be aware of and looking for. Do you worry that if you point out or, or begin to analyze the, the past the hash toolkits and point out where artifacts are being left, that the attackers will ultimately just go back, re-update their tools to remove these kind of artifacts, so it then makes your job harder to detect them? <laughs> yeah, well, 
the thing about it is, is that sooner or later they're going to figure that out on their own. Honestly, uh, whenever it becomes when it comes to malware analysis and uh, defending networks, it's it's an arms race. You develop better defensive techniques, and they develop better offensive techniques. So you know, I, I can talk about some of these things, and um, they may pick up on those and modify some of their tools as well. But any good intruder will test their tools anyway to determine what type of footprint shows up on their on you know the victim machine i'm not really that concerned about it so how often when you're doing a forensic analysis are you are you seeing past the hash use is it something that pretty crops up in almost every single event or is this is kind of a 50 50 oh i would go more 80 90 on this it's it's quite common it's a very easy exploit to run past the hash is actually the uh, a stage two as far as an intrusion the um, intruder has to get access, a, a some sort of privileged access on a on a machine before they can actually run the pass a hash toolkit or 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 make that exploit. Over the last couple of years, I know Microsoft have referenced pass the hash um, and and tried to to make it a little bit harder for for pass the hash to be used against systems. As it's part of the underlying structure of how Windows functions when it comes to authentication, they haven't really been able to provide a workable fix, shall we say, to, to prevent people from using it. Do you think we're at that situation now where we can't fix it, so the only method is really to detect it or to, to kind of alert if these kind of artifacts are seen on a system? One of the things about Windows is that the reason why everybody likes it and it's used so often is because it's backward compatible. Um, you know, if you have legacy systems in your network, it plays nice with those, any type of appliance, printers, etc., that are on your network. A lot of times, if you have uh, some sort of proprietary um, systems on your network, you know, you're, they're easy to authenticate to with a Windows system, which is why there is that inherent flaw or vulnerability, you might say, in Windows, because, you know, it's, it's, it's just designed that way. So in order to avoid it, you would probably have to create an entire operating system from the ground up. Now, given that information... Microsoft has taken steps to um, make their operating systems more secure by introducing uh, such authentication tools such as Kerberos. Well, it's not a tool, but a, uh, a method of authenticating using a ticket where you're, the life expectancy of the, uh, the ticket in uh, memory is a lot shorter than it would be for a, a, a password hash. So what, they, what they've done so far is made it harder for somebody to use pass the hash against the system. So I think as administrators harden their networks a little more, I think you may see pass the hash used less often. But then again, uh, since they um, you know, are constantly making, the, the intruders are making their tools better, who knows? It, it may continue to stay the same. So with the event of more modern penetration testing tools that have come after past the hash, uh, for example, Mimikatz, which is a tool that has been around for the last couple of years, which will actually extract the clear text password from, from memory as opposed to just the hash. Do you think attackers are going to be moving more to avoiding the hashes and moving straight to, to just extracting the clear text passwords where possible? Well, you know, obviously they want to go for whatever's going to get them uh, authentication to the network. Mimikatz with its capability of actually grabbing the password itself, certainly does give them one extra piece that they can use. 
to um, authenticate. Whether uh, they'll they'll start focusing on passwords, um, I, I don't know for sure. One of the things about it is that the reason why Mimikatz is so successful is because the majority of passwords are still under 14 characters long. That's one of the reasons why they can grab passwords and in the and and use them because otherwise they would not be stored in memory. Well, thanks very much for taking the time to have a chat to us about Pass the Hash. I'm sure it's going to be a very interesting presentation. I look forward to, to seeing some of the uh, forensic analysis and some of the uh, the artifacts that some of these tools are leaving and uh, hope to see you at the conference in Boston. Okay, looking forward to it. Computer activated virus Welcome. This is Chris John Riley from the Eurotrash Security Podcast. And this is Martin McKay from the Network Security Podcast. You've been listening to the official first podcast for the 26th annual FIRST Conference, June 22nd to the June 27th in Boston, Massachusetts. You can find out more at www.first.org. Thank you and goodbye, folks. Shut down secrets.